Masking, the big M mentioned by Dr. Kieran Moore. If you feel you're heading back in time, you should be forgiven here today because so many people tried to say, okay, this is living with it, which Dr. Kieran Moore suggested we had to do. There has been reporting for some time that the COVID numbers are going up. Some of them are going up in Europe and we're watching to see how this trend goes. We do not have any restrictions. So the concern is there. But Kieran Moore, as we ran the clip earlier, actually bringing up that... Perhaps there would be a mask mandate. They'll do what they have to do. Again, blast from the past. I'd like to welcome Dr. David Jacobs, Ontario Specialist Association Chair, Coalition of Ontario Doctors, VP of the Ontario Association of Radiologists. Dr. David Jacobs, how are you? I'm doing well. How have you been? I'm pretty good. I am. But here we are back to the table. We knew that there was a possibility. Everyone thought that they could kind of handle it. But we have seen this reporting here of these cases going up. What are you seeing? Well, um, so just last week, I was reading out the emergency room uh, pretty much every day and over the weekend. And uh, what I saw uh, were not a lot of COVID cases. So I saw one actual classic COVID pneumonia in a very frail elderly patient. But other than that, I diagnosed absolutely no COVID pneumonias. A lot of uh, respiratory viruses in children, but uh, RSV, none of them were COVID. So what do you think Dr. Kieran Moore is concerned about here right now? So, you know, when we look at our ICUs right now, we have no one with COVID in them, but we are starting to admit uh, the frail elderly, not because they have pneumonias, but because they have dehydration and other kind of Co- uh, other problems that you would expect with a regular bad flu. So, mm-hmm. you know, the flu is very tough on the elderly and COVID is very tough on the elderly as well. So I think with what, if I could read between the lines, I think what Dr. Moore is saying is that we may end up in a situation different from what we've had previously, but where we still get uh, excess demand on hospital services and I think what he's really trying to push is vaccination. Again, here we are, because it does work, and it, it has changed. It's changed our lives when it comes to this. We also have the new vaccine, the booster, that's going to be available. That is variant, current variant. Now we have all this lingo. Current variant Omicron strategically designed, how much of a, of a changer could that be in s- some of the worries here? Well, I think that it's going to change both uh, how, whether we accept the vaccine. So I think people will be much more willing to take this vaccine and they should be because it makes sense. All right. Mm-hmm. We, we've got a specific type. We've got a specific variant of Omicron that's circulating around. And now we have a specific vaccine for that. So taking the vaccine now makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'm hoping that, and also, if it works the way the last vaccine works, it probably won't have a big effect on how the virus spreads, but it should keep people out of the ICU. And that's really the ultimate goal. It is, you know, you've kind of nailed it. It does make sense. We haven't had that feeling getting a vaccine since the very beginning before Omicron. 
when, when it was so strategized to, to deal with what was happening then. And then Omicron came and then we were doing it kind of just to get rid of severe illness. But this one, the targeting, is that the wave of the future, you'd think? Absolutely. It's exactly what we do with uh, influenza. Yeah. Uh, and I expect that we're going to do this with COVID so long as COVID remains uh, with us in, in a significant way. And I, I, I have to imagine that we'll be doing this for the next two, three, four years. Now, if somebody doesn't want to get it for various reasons, they don't want it. They don't want the risk of long COVID. They don't want to spread it to vulnerable people in their family. The masking and the suggestion that masking comes back, that still works. Don't share air. It can help things. Uh, it certainly can. So here's, here's my feeling on this um, in terms of what we need to do. Number one, if you are 65 years or older, please get the bivalent shot. It is good for you. It will keep you from dying, which is good. Uh, and if you are in a vulnerable group, if you are immunosuppressed, please get that bivalent shot. That's, that's above all else. Next thing to do is currently, if you are uh, in a vulnerable group or around vulnerable people, mask up. You shouldn't be going into an old, old age home without a mask on at this point. Numbers are going up. You don't want to get those people sick. Now, going further, if the numbers start to tick up, not just cases. Cases, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's an important metric, but if the hospitalizations tick up in a significant way, and those are people hospitalized because they're sick with COVID, not because they happen to have a COVID infection mm -hmm. and a broken leg. If those numbers go up, then I think we, could ex we should expect uh, masking to return. It is. So if you, if you do want to avoid it, there's no downside to wearing a mask. And as you were just talking about getting these shots, like the flu, is masking, strategic masking, here to stay? Oh, I think so. And, and I would really hope um, that we've learned something from this. And so if you have a cold, if, you've, if you're symptomatic, and it's not COVID, it, it, it's common courtesy. Just put a mask on. Try your best not to spread whatever you've got, whether it be COVID or anything else. And strategic masking, absolutely. I think that if you're dealing with somebody, and we do it in the hospital all the time, if you're dealing with people who are vulnerable or immunosuppressed, uh, you wear a mask. Now, if you're dealing with somebody who is, uh, and, and there's, who's basically out and about with mild immunosuppression, you know, you see what's what's floating around in the environment. I don't think we should tell people who are immunosuppressed, you must walk around with a mask from here to the end of time. That's not reasonable. But I think it's part of our armament now in terms of dealing with respiratory viruses. Yeah, I like that armament because that's how we're viewing it. I want to ask you, though, you know, as we're watching through this pandemic and you and I have talked it has always been trying to stop COVID from filling up the hospitals. And then now post-COVID, post-pandemic, the post that we thought was a post anyway, we're just seeing how broken things are. How is that affecting things? As we, we know there's already a back, backlog. There was the story about just how many people are waiting for emergency beds in Ontario. So the concern that any increase that would send people to the hospital has to be important. So I've been, uh, let's see, I started medical school uh, 30 years ago. 
<laughs> and this is a, a a problem that predates my ever getting into medicine. Um, so it's a matter of the way that the system is structured. And the system is structured to work at 95 to 100% capacity at all times. And it's designed like that because uh, that's what we can budget for. Um, and the problem is, is if you have a bad flu season, if you have a pandemic, if you have anything that tips it uh, a little over the scale, mm -hmm. it turns into a crisis. Now what we've had is we've had, uh, we, we're, we're rushing to keep up with population growth and we're rushing to keep up with aging population. I, will, I used to rarely, rarely do a procedure on anyone over the age of 85. Now I will, I don't even blink when I have a patient coming in for a procedure who's 100 years old, literally 100 wow. years old. <laughs> Happens all the time now. Oh, nice. so, so as the population ages, their demands on the healthcare system increase. And so we've got a bad situation uh, where the population dynamics have finally caught up with us. We lack the infrastructure, and uh, the Ford government is pouring a lot of money into infrastructure for hospitals and healthcare. But it will take a number of years before we see the benefits of that. It takes time mm -hmm. to build this yeah, stuff. It does, Dr. David Jacobs. It is great to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice. Thanks night. so much. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Dr. Jacobs, Ontario Specialist Association Chair, Coalition of Ontario Doctors, and a VP of the Ontario Association of Radiologists. There we are a little bit back back in the past. We're going to take a break, and when we return, uh, the second uh, set of opinions here tonight in the top stories of the day, John Robson will join us. I'm Arlene Bynan. This is On Point.